movies in 4K. Welcome to episode number 11. I am Bill Shetty. And I am Lady Phantom. And we have some announcements to make on this episode, Fant. Yeah. All right. We want to start by thanking the listeners' recommendations we've been getting on BillShetty.com. We have several coming in, I think three or four right now, and we wanted to let you know, just be a little patient on them because we have a lot of shows lined up already, but we will eventually get to all of them. Yes, we really appreciate your recommendations, and there have been some really good recommendations, by the way. Yes, and I can't wait to actually get them and see them and rate them for Mm -hmm. you guys out there. Now, next is, if you don't know, you got to get over to BillShetty.com and look on the website as we are posting written reviews now. Yes, we are, because we cannot do all the movies we would want to do on the show. So if for some reason there's going to be a movie that we know we are not going to review and rate and everything on the show, we are going to go ahead and post a written review. Yes, these are going to be extra 4K Blu-ray titles that we're going to knock out, do little synopsises, our thoughts, and then mainly the grading and rating and recommendations for them. And these are extras for all you out there. And we want to amass a big list, Phantom. We want to be the number one source. Yes, that's what we aim to do. Yes. So along with that, we added a master list to the website. Also, as you know, we have a sidebar of the top 10 graded discs, the best of the best. But since this is episode number 11 and onwards, that list only has 10. So we had to make a master list. So all the gradings are in one place rated from best to worst. So you can go over there and check that out. Finally, Phantom. (laughs) After doing 10 shows, we have a good feel now how it's rolling. Would you agree? Yes, I agree. So we are making some slight modifications going forward, and we are going to describe them when we get to it. We're still doing four segments. They've changed a little bit, and you're going to hear more about that when it comes on. But we're going to get this show rolling with that breaking news. What's hot off the presses? Phantom. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this is very new. And I'm pretty sure many people already know about this, but I think it's kind of major. And that is that Kelly Preston passed away, John Travolta's wife, at age 57. And she died of breast cancer. And that's very, very sad. Yes, I actually told you about it. I heard it first on the news. Yes. And, and I had I, to ask you who it was because I knew I knew the name, mm-hmm. but I didn't place her. What was some of her popular movies she was in? She was never a leading lady, but I know she wasn't Jerry Maguire. I saw that she wasn't that. I never saw that movie, but she's in that. And she's in movies here and there. I mean, never a, a leading lady, not that I remember but for some reason, like, I have her face very fresh in my memory. Very beautiful woman. And with a sad story, too, because, like, they, they had both John Travolta and her, they had one of their children pass away. 
some years oh. ago, and then they had a, another child who is now nine. And apparently, John Travolta lost another love interest in 1977, also from the breast cancer that sucks. Wow. So condolences go out to Kelly Preston's family and, of course, John Travolta. Yeah, that was sad news. All right, mine's pretty sad also. Oh, my. <laughs> there has been a recent uptick of shark attacks. In Australia, and this just happened. The latest one was 15 years old, and I got a little news clip for you. The teenager was surfing with a group of board riders not far from shore when the shark struck, badly mauling his legs. Other surfers pulled him to the beach and tried to stem the bleeding. Despite their efforts, he died at the scene. A surfboard missing a fin taken by police. I talked to one of the surfers, and... Um, Basically, he said that he was in the water and a, a really big great white shark came up and um, took a bite and he was, you know, screaming out. And then um, the, the surfer said that um, the shark then came again for an, another, another attack. And another surfer was uh, actually bravely went and um, tried to get the shark off and then they pulled him out of the water. Distress was written on the faces of those who'd been on the beach at the time. Young surfers reunited with parents who'd rushed down to the beach as word of the tragedy spread. Woolai Beach is about an hour's drive north of Coffs Harbour, not far from Grafton, a long stretch of sandy coastline dissected by the estuary of the Woolai Woolai River. The group of surfers were at the remote Wilson's Head, the closest village, the well-known Diggers Cam. Several beaches and waterways along the coastal strip were this afternoon immediately closed, warning signs erected. We have children, the keen fishermen and diving. I mean, our sons, they go diving all the time, spear fishing. So it's always, as parents, like we're always really concerned. Lifesavers bringing in a drone, but yet to find the shark. So we can do a bit of a search, but I think the conditions are going to prevent us from doing that. It's the second fatal shark attack in the state's north in just over a month. Surfer Rob Pedretti was bitten by what was thought to be a three-metre great white at Kingscliff, unable to be saved despite the courageous efforts of two surfing mates. Today's attack, a harsh reminder that sharks are not just a predator of the summer months. Lizzie Pearl, Nine News. All right, some sad news there. Um, this was the second attack in a, actually a week that news report said in that specific area, but actually in Australia, it was the second attack in a week, and they've had five this season already. And it's the middle of the winter there right now. Yes. Wow. So our hearts go out to everybody in Australia. Stay off them surfboards, it sounds like. Yeah. They're out hunting there and all um tropical places. I know that's pretty common shark attacks like in Brazil and Florida there's been some, so it is a common thing. It's just surprising because you think that sharks are not that dangerous towards people because they don't attack that often. And then you get all these attacks in one season. That's pretty scary. I think it's not like super common, but they happen every year. There's yeah. no doubt when people are out swimming and they're hungry and they come close to the shore, 
And I think I did some research. Don't hold me to this, but most attacks happen in like under eight feet of water or something like that. So it's not like way out in the yeah, ocean it's not on really, a boat. Uh-huh, not very deep, really. Right, because okay. when you're swimming on a beach, you're not going out really that far. Mm-hmm. Might be 15 feet if you swim out. Yeah, or you shouldn't, at least, because it's dangerous. But yeah, so be on the lookout, all of our Australian listeners out there. Be careful. And if you're around the water, and we know this is a popular time, especially here in the United States, be careful. Yeah, because Australia is not already full of dangerous animals oh my <laughs> all right that's our latest news let's move ahead this is one of our changes as you know when it's just the phantom and i we do a 4k tip of the week and we're making this a separate section instead of after the review and before we grade the disc that we're covering that week we're going to start this up front here. Now, remember, this tip only lasts throughout the summer. We got like four or five more, and then we got a big surprise coming after that to maintain the four segments. But just be on the lookout. These will end at the end of the summer. We're going to cover pretty much the main topics on that. And this week, we're covering 4K and 3D. Wow. Yes, this kind of hurt me phantom i loved 3d yeah i know <laughs> i know this is a gimmicky topic to some people but if you don't know out there 3d and 4k just don't jive they made the standard for that when 4k tvs came out in 2015 but the studios and the manufacturers decided not to implement this And I would assume it was because of sales and it was dying again. I mean, 3D has started back in the 50s and then there was a wave in the 80s uh and then started back in 2010s again. Yeah, I remember back when it started again, I knew it would take and then it would die out because it always does the same. And that's a shame because I really enjoy 3D movies. I don't want to watch them all the time because you got to wear glasses. Yeah, and some movies are really good for 3D, especially those that were made for 3D. And some others just, like, I I don't really like when I used to go to the movies and watch a movie in 3D that was, like, converted. I mean, because it's not made for that. But if it was made with that in mind, sure, why not? But, I mean, I really like it, especially when it's meant to be like that. But it's not something that I'm crazy about either. Yes, so on the technical side, there are zero 4K 3D discs. If you want a TV that's capable of 3D and 4K, you have to go back to 2016. You'd have to buy a used TV. Oh. I researched this years ago when we got our first 4K TV, and I was bummed. Now, all is not lost. Because if you still do have 3D Blu-rays around, and they still make these, some movies still come with the 3D version of the disc. If you want 4K and you want the ability to play 3D Blu-ray discs, your only option, at least you have an option, is a projector. All right. So for you people that really desire or have a collection of 3D movies, you have to get a projector. 
And you can still have a TV too. I mean, we might do this someday. Get a projector, which I am a big projector, man. I've had a projector since the 90s. But when the Phantom and I was in the market for a new set, we were thinking, do we want the projector where you got to darken everything? It's got to be pitch black. It's never going to be that bright. It's more of a filmic look and more like you're going to the theater and you can get a much bigger screen. Or do we want that clarity and pop into the 4K? And our discussion wasn't that long. It was pretty quick. We're like, no, we want the TV. Yeah. But all's not lost because we have probably, I'd say, 10 3D Blu-rays. And some of them we haven't even seen because we don't have a projector. So, Well, and there's still the fact, yeah, there's still the fact that if you do have some blu-ray or even dvd that has 3d and that has glasses you can actually you can totally watch the movies yes i'm glad the phantom brought that up we're not talking about the old style red and blue glasses the anamorphic we're talking about the current crop Mm -hmm. the polarized glasses that you have to buy separately and usually they're wireless you can charge them it's more like what you see at the theater yeah that you have different glasses. That's the type of 3D we're talking about because they don't make anamorphic movies anymore. Exactly. But if you have them and you want to get a 4K TV or or you're wondering, you totally can watch the 3D movies with the anamorphic glasses at right. home. Like, That's no such problem. old technology. We have some we still watch yeah. that way and they're fun. Yes, and of they're enjoyable, but the new crop, like I know we got a good three to five discs we just bought in the last few months that came with a 3D disc, and I would love to see them in 3D, but you know, you yeah. can't unless you get that projector and you want 4K. So I think that's a very important tip for you wondering about the 3D and where that has gone. All right, the movie we're covering this week on Movies in 4K is a comedy, 2008 Step Brothers. Here's another one of our changes coming to you, and it's on the genre. We had this as a separate segment. We're combining this in with the movie review now. And The Phantom and I felt we're putting these movies in a box. And movies are so many different subgenres. What was the point? We were trying to denote one major genre of a movie. If you went into a blockbuster, where it would be located, what's the main feel of it? And we decided we're just putting these movies in a tight little bow here. And most movies aren't like that, Phantom. Yeah. I mean, we are still going to mention the genres, but we are not going to do percentages or that anymore. It's There's no point. Yes, and no more battles on it at all. The only thing is we have to agree. We're still using the IMDb genres. We can still add and subtract genres. But the Phantom and I, and if we have guests, we have to agree. We're going to make a point to agree because we got another feature coming along on the website down the road that this is going to matter on. But it's funny, we're starting this one with a straight-up comedy. There's no argument anyway. Yeah, exactly. But most movies are in many genres, and 
we just felt the need. There's no need to belabor this point. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about the genres real quick and then get into the review. You know what I mean? Because you get a feel of the movie as you're going. Absolutely. And, there, and there's so many different genres. Yeah, it felt like a waste of a segment to dedicate so much time yes, to the genre. We were spending five, ten minutes yeah. on it, and it's not worth it. And we're mm-hmm. we were trying to put them into a box, and movies aren't that way anymore. This isn't the '80s anymore, where you walk into a store and you got to know where it's at. Exactly. You know, marketers are trying to put their movies in all different genres just so they appear in searches, and that's fine. If it's got a little bit of it, we're going to include it. Mm-hmm. If we agree, yeah. So that covers that. The rest of our show is going to run as normal. So we're still maintaining four segments. Once we get to the end of summer, when we drop the tips, the little features, the 4K technical side, we got something really fun coming. We think you're going to enjoy just to maintain that four segments. So all of our descriptions all over the web remain the same. All right. Who directed the Step Brothers, Lady Phantom? Adam McKay. You know this guy? No. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I know that it's a, uh, that Judd Apatow produced it. Okay. And the stars? We have Will Ferrell, John C. Riley, Mary Steenburgen, and Richard Jenkins. Yes. All really good actors. Yeah. Also, there's Adam Scott and Catherine Han. You know, those are the people that I actually knew. I'm sure I've seen other people from Saturday Night Live and stuff, but like nobody that I, that say, oh, that's a star, you know. And I wanted to let you people know out there, there's very few comedy movies on the 4K format. It's mm-hmm. just not a genre to cover. There's no special effects. Usually it's just all dialogue driven. And I think that's why I personally only know of four or five and they're cross genres like Zombieland. A comedy mm, horror uh-huh. there's very few so we wanted to cover a comedy movie because a lot of people like comedy movies yes so we were curious if this 4k disc is going to be worth it in this genre so i personally wanted to cover a, a comedy movie i'm not the biggest comedy fan but i was super curious to see what we was going to get with this disc. All right, what's that synopsis on IMDb? Two aimless middle-aged losers still living at home are forced against their will to become roommates when their parents marry. Good description. Yeah. For a sentence that wraps it up. Yeah, that's very a very simple and concise and actually very accurate description. <laughs> yes, this movie starts where Jenkins' son is John C. Riley. And you notice that they're man children. Yeah, they are like like 12-year-olds yeah. in 40-year-old bodies. Yes, and that's how they act throughout the whole movie. And then we meet Mary Steenburgen, whose son is um, Will Ferrell. One of the most known comic geniuses, would you say, of this generation? I wouldn't call him a genius, but, uh, but he's very funny. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I don't I know mean, what to say with that. I, I think he's one of the most popular ones, correct? Yeah, but I wouldn't call him a genius. That's my point. Okay. I mean, he is a very talented man, and he's actually very funny, especially when he's not trying to be. <laughs> but, you know, like, yeah. Like a comedy genius, I'm thinking 
I don't know, someone else, Paul Rudd, for example, or Simon no. Pegg or something like that. I mean, I know Paul Rudd barely, but I don't know. <laughs> well, you need to watch some movies with him. as popular as Will Ferrell. Oh, well, no. And I think most people would that maybe have acted or been well, on Saturday Night Live. It depends. Yes. Yeah, but then again, Paul I mean, Rudd these are is, supposed to be the best of the best, correct? Sure. Comedians? Yeah, but as for the popular part, I mean, Paul Rudd is Ant-Man. So yeah, he's more popular than Will Ferrell nowadays. In the comedy genre? No, not in the Does comedy. Does he do stand-up? No. Okay. He, he has been in Judd Apatow movies. He was in, in the Knocked Up ones, which is very good, and it's very funny. But doesn't a comedian have to come with a stand-up background, usually to be called a so-called comedian? Not necessarily. I don't think so. Mm, I think I disagree a little bit, but that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> if she's calling him a comedian. So, Steenburgen meets Jenkins at a meeting. They look in their true love. And anyway, they decide to get married, and the brothers or stepbrothers hate each other. Yeah. They're acting like such immature children, almost even younger than 12, I'd say, Phantom, like six or seven. No, not, not like that. I would say like more like prepubescent, like really, really dumb. And, right, uh, and they funnily get jealous, enough, they don't want to share. Yeah, and they are so similar to each other that they can't stand one another that's the point that they are very very alike and this is just mindless humor you would yeah absolutely yes which i actually enjoy i've loved airplane caddyshack two of my favorite comedy movies i like chris farley stuff i like adam sandler stuff a lot of just mindless stupid silly humor Mm -hmm. i've never been a big fan of will ferrell i haven't seen him in all that many movies yeah, I became a fan of his from Saturday Night Live. Like, I used to watch Saturday Night Live when he was on the cast, uh, like, religiously, every every Saturday. And it was so, so funny. And he's great. I, I, I don't know if all his more recent roles have really done him a favor. But then again, it's what he chooses, so whatever you know there you but go. he is i mean he's really good and he's very talented i think he's the perfect example of one of those actors who is very talented who could do great drama but he doesn't i mean he's a comedian and that's I fine no he his face <laughs> just portrays comedy mm-hmm. i don't know that's me but we get a lot of crass jokes in this. We did yeah. watch the unrated version. On the disc, you get the option, theatrical or unrated. We watched the more crass and crude humor. Quite a few sex jokes. Yeah. This is a hard R, I would call this movie. Yes. Um, there's actually some private parts shown in this film. <laughs> yeah. I would assume only in the unrated version. Probably, yeah, because I don't know if, yeah. But we just get them daily going along, having little fights, spats. And most of the movie is about, I think, Richard Jenkins getting tired of it. Things happen. They want them to get out to work. These two, the, the newlyweds, they want to retire. They want to go on a boat and travel the world. So they have to get their kids a job. And they're so immature and have no background one has worked at PetSmart before they the have other no one is, abilities yeah. 
Yeah, the other one is the son of a doctor, but he is basically a good-for-nothing guy. I mean, like, he hasn't done anything of his life or in his life at all. Right. So there comes a time in this movie, even when they fake cry or real cry, whatever you want to say, when they just give up. They said, all right, we're leaving. You have a month to move out. And then we have quite a bit of trials and tribulations with them going on interviews. And, yeah. And I should mention, a certain part of the film, they come to appreciate each other. They find out they're identical, basically. Yeah, of course, after a fight, because that happens with boys. Like, they have, a like, the fight. Which was probably the worst part of the film to me. I was cringeworthy, this fight yeah. they got into. Yeah, it was. But anyway, like they fight and then they become best friends because they find out that they are pretty much the same person in two different bodies. Right. And, and uh, that, that yeah. was not fun, the fight scene, because that lasted a good 10, 12, 15 minutes. And it was ridiculous. And I didn't find that part of the movie funny at all, Phantom. Yeah, actually, there were many parts in this movie that were not funny at all. Really? For To me, yeah. I would say there was more funny things to me than not but okay. it's close but there is some things that are cringeworthy in it to me that i thought was done pretty poor there's like i don't want to call it an action scene but when they're fighting and tumbling and there were some bad cuts and things like that and you really didn't see what was happening or it's almost like they're fake mm -hmm. fighting like fake punching more like what kids like five-year-olds would do or something Mm, older than that but yeah no i think i think i'm right phantom i mean yes there was some older type kid things but some of it was very young adolescent things phantom mm -hmm. like the fights they were having in some yeah. ways they talked yes like they really acted like really young kids throughout the whole movie up until we have a little turn yeah, when they see that it's, I mean, they really are faced with having to get a life because there is no other choice for them. Correct. And that's when we get off still comedic, but a little more serious. Mm -hmm. Not hugely serious. I'll tell you what, Phantom, the last 20 minutes, I would say maybe 25 minutes saved this movie to me. Like I really liked where it went. Yeah, it was a, a very decent way to finish the movie. I think you could see something like this coming. I think most outlandish comedies do make a turn at a point. Yeah, I, I really had no idea, like, from when the movie started and even, like, at the in the middle, I was actually thinking about it and I had no idea where it was going. And it was a nice surprise. Do you want to describe any of that? I mean, we don't want to spoil well, nothing. it's not really going to be a spoiler. I mean, at the end, after they have had this turn in their lives, they find something to do. But then That they're both good at. That they're both good at. And they find at the end that they don't have to renounce who they are in order to do what they have to do to be successful. Like well, they just to get a, their own apartment. I mean, exactly. these guys have never been on their own, uh -huh. and they're both 40 years old. Exactly. They find the way to follow their dream 
and actually have a decent life and make a living out of it. And you can see that they actually feel proud of who they are for the first time in their lives. Right. They evolve. Yes. Good for a story, right? Yes. It's not just straight slapstick humor from one second to the end. Uh Uh-huh. And they show others what they are capable of too, which is good. And it does happen in a kind of outlandish way, but it's enjoyable. Mm -hmm. And they earn the respect of others and their own respect as well. Okay. What do you want to talk about, Phantom? Acting. Let's, how do you think they all did? The acting was fine. In general, the acting was fine. Of course, it was outlandish. It was... But you bought it. Sometimes. Sometimes it was overacting. Okay. But you know who I really liked? Who? The one who I can't stand, Richard Jenkins, that I usually don't like oh, in movies. Oh, he was fantastic. He was the best. He was the star in this to me, even more than Will Ferrell and John C. Riley. Yeah, he was perfect in that role, like the... The father who is really loving, but at the but but it comes a time when he just can't stand it anymore. Yes, and it's a complete build-up during the movie. You can see it happening. Yes, he's still loving. He's getting tired of it, but he puts up with it. And it gets a little bit worse, but he's still there. He don't kick his kids out. It gets a little bit worse, but at a point, it becomes too much for him. Absolutely. And yeah, he was really, really good. I also enjoy, I, I always like Catherine Han and everything she does. I find her hilarious. Actually. And which one was that? That's the the brother's wife. Okay. Yeah. And he plays a big role, Adam Scott. Yes. The brother. Krampus. Yeah. He plays Will Ferrell's little brother who is a horrible man. But he's the successful rich one. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was really good. I don't think this is a spoiler, Phantom, that Richard Jenkson loves this one. <laughs> yeah. Because, and it hurts his own son. Yeah, because I mean, process. he is more more similar to him, actually. Like he has a, a he doesn't have to fight to like him or to even love him. But with his own step, I mean, with the other one, the one that lives with them, Will Ferrell, he has a really hard time because he doesn't make it easy. I mean, he is a pain in the neck. And he even had an arc. Most characters had an arc in this. Yeah. Except Mary Steenburgen, I would say. She was pretty flat. And I don't mean her acting was flat, but her she had no big arc. She was the same person from the minute you've seen her, basically, to the Yeah, she is a loving, caring mother who just wants the best for everyone. And you see her suffer when when things don't go the way they should be going. And she was fine. But in general, I would say about the acting that it was fine. It was not great. It was not wonderful. That's it. Okay, and the next thing I want to talk about before we get our rating is the music. This is really important in comedies, Mm -hmm. is what type of songs are played, because most has a nice selection of Mm -hmm. real popular music. And what did you think of that, Phantom? It's fine. I mean, it fits, like a bunch of 80s music, Billy Joel, stuff like that. It was okay. It was not the best selection ever. Really? I thought it was really good. I thought most of the tracks actually portrayed what was going on and they were enjoyable yeah absolutely i love 80s music by the way so yeah me too me too but yeah it's not i mean sometimes some movies just stand out by their flawless music choices 
this was not one of them from my point of view, but the music was very good. Well, there's <laughs> some scenes where there's an actual Billy Joel band I thought was very funny. Yeah. They're naming all these Billy Joel songs and the lead singer's like, no, I don't sing that one. No, I don't. No, it's only 80s Billy Joel. (laughs) And there's some lines and something that goes along with that. And I thought that was very humorous, those scenes there. There is an opera song. Yes. I'm sure you know the name of it. No, I don't. It's a popular one. It's a a song that Andrea Bocelli sings very well, by the way. And Will Ferrell. It's a super popular song opera song yes it is it is because i've heard it i think andrea bocelli was the one that made it famous uh because it is a more modern song it's not like classical or anything but will ferrell sings it and it's actually it's a pivotal moment in the movie Mm -hmm. for many characters he sings well i mean he's not the best singer by no means but he sings well and did you have any tears no did you feel the emotion no really Mm -hmm. i did i was actually kind of emotional at the end like this ending saved it for me i really liked the arc you mean the song the song part the whole ending scenario once they have their jobs and everybody's there the whole family's there there's pivotal parts for every character in this movie and it was heartfelt i thought phantom yeah there was heart in this movie, not as much heart as in other comedies, especially J- Judd Apatow's movies. His movies are normally hilarious and full of heart. This one was missing something. I don't know what it was, okay. but it was missing I, something. I but then again, bit. this one was only produced by him. It was not directed by him. So, All right. Yeah. So, like I said, the ending really helped for me because I wasn't coming in all that high. But let's start with our rating and recommendation here first. I'll go first, Phantom. I'm giving this a seven. I had like a five and a half, six up until the last 20 minutes. It really hit me. I really felt for the characters. I didn't feel for them at all. It was just a romp. It's just a popcorn movie. A lot of funny things happened, but then again, a lot of annoying things happened they missed the mark on a lot of the comedy things i think they were expecting and they hit a lot too it's a mixed bag but overall with the ending and the emotion i felt with the heartfelt reactions of all the characters and where they ended up that hold it together to me and i'm gonna come up with a seven and this is a definite rental buy I don't think I'd ever watch this again. I wouldn't not watch it. I would enjoy watching it again, I think. But I don't think you need this in your collection, personally. There's much better comedies out there to me. So, seven and rental for me. What do you got, Phantom? I'm just coming in with a six. I think it's just above average. You are right. There are many very funny moments. There are many other, maybe more, that are kind of annoying. And I... I just had a hard time with these people in general. Uh, But yeah, that ending actually did change it. And even many of the the things they say, like most of the funniest dialogue happens at near the end. So it did save it for me. So I would just say it's just above average, just six. And rent it. Just rent it if you like this kind of comedy. If not, avoid it. 
I would also say, Phantom, that they were a little repetitive in a couple of their jokes. Like, one dude wears a Chewbacca mask, and it happened three times. I'm like, okay, once it was funny. Second time, I've already seen it. Third time, not funny anymore at Yeah, all. but there's an arc to that. The first time he wears it because he is an immature child, basically, who's wearing his Chewbacca mask. The second one, he is wearing it to feel safe. And he is checking bills and stuff. But then he takes it off and says, like, he just leaves it on the floor because it's doing nothing for him. And the third time, it's because he is finding himself again oh, and well, finding putting, joy in it again. Wow, you're going deep on this comedy. Man. It's just that th- those kinds of things are very obvious to me. Like, I, I can see the the arch, and, the, and it was not a mistake that he wore it those three times, but each of those times had a very specific reason to be. Okay, well, it lost its appeal to me. Let's put it that way. Because the first time when... One of the characters walks in and he's got it on. It was fun. You're like, what now? Yeah, <laughs> you know, because it was time, a shock. I think that was the only time that was meant to be funny, actually, because as I tell you, the second one, it's just like and a the same last thing. time was intended to be funny when he said, "Oh, it's not studio quality, but I'll take no, it." No, but the that's thing not is, funny to what me. What you're family. mentioning, what you are forgetting to mention, is that the parents give the brother another mask which was not hairy but it was because both of them like I it so now that. both of them but i want to laugh and it was i've seen it three times now and i didn't think it was funny okay they were finding each other again and they were you're like, telling me it wasn't meant to be funny there and it was supposed to be you were supposed to laugh when he yeah. said i mean it, it was <laughs> supposed to be funny but also it was like a tool to reconnect themselves with their inner child. And I will say, even when it gets a little bit more sentimental, there's still jokes popping. Oh, yeah. And I enjoyed that. Yeah. There's a couple other side characters, and I know I've seen this one guy, I'm sure, in Adam Sandler films. Don't know his name, but he had a funny a funny role, too. There's a scene in Pow! this. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because to me, comedy is funny when you're acting serious. And Will Ferrell, to me, is not that guy. He is just like a goofball, like a Chevy Chase, who I really like as a comedian, but they have a hard time being serious while popping the jokes, unlike someone like Leslie Nielsen or somebody like Tim Conway going way back, or Bob Newhart. Yes, I'm showing my age. I find that so funny when somebody can keep such a serious, straight face and say the most outlandish things. Yes, absolutely. I agree. Everyone knows Adam Sandler. He's loud. He's boisterous. But he don't have that drama in it. You know what he's going to do. You know how he's going to act. You know, it's a little bit different comedy, even though I love quite a bit of Adam Sandler movies. It's just a different feel. Yeah, And Will Ferrell is just like the Chevy Chase type of guy. Just like his face is kind of comical. And there's a bunch of jokes in this, too, about people just want to punch his face. Like, I just don't like your face. (laughs) (laughs) And I thought that was funny because he has very subtle movements of his face that you can discern. Like, he's not the smartest guy. 
I haven't seen him in many films, but he always plays not a smart guy, correct? In many of them, yeah, that's true. All right. So that's going to wrap up a review. Let's get to the good stuff. 4K Blu-ray disc review starting with the video quality, Lady Phantom. What did you think? I think the video quality in this uh, 4K is very decent. You can see grain, but it's very... Super minimalistic. It's very, very minimal. It's very decent. But at the same time, this is absolutely not a movie that pops in any way, shape, or form. Yes, I agree. And that's why I wanted to cover a pretty much a comedy you know, to see how it flows. And I think we figured out why there's not many comedies. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Even though it is clear and detailed as heck. You can see every hair, and that's not always the best thing yes, in this movie. And I don't know if I should say this, but Mary Steenburgen has not aged too well. I mean, you see every crease this woman has yeah, in her the, face, and yeah. it did not make her look good. Yeah. And she's a good-looking older woman, too. Yeah, the thing is that in some scenes, the makeup, it, it looked yeah. like she had tons of makeup on. Oh, she probably did. She probably did, but the, but that's the thing with uh with a 4k something that it i highlights didn't everything. yeah something that i didn't mention in the dracula 4k like they don't like if you see it in another format you don't see the makeup really in the women but winona Ryder, she looked like she had tons of makeup on and with mary steenbergen it was way more noticeable like tanning like makeup every single wrinkle it, it was not a very good thing actually. but i think that's pretty common especially for women on yes. the big screen specifically when their face is 10 stories tall absolutely and then with extra ultra high definition yes. it's not a good i'll thing. tell you one thing i did notice with the hdr in this i thought was cool and i don't know if i've noticed it really and one before is they had a really bright glimmer in their eyes phantom in a lot of scenes when it was super bright like mm -hmm. there was a lot of light going on which this movie's mainly all bright yeah you know there's not many dark scenes in this so you're not going to have that contrast but yeah you know that shine in the eye mm -hmm. you get like it was very noticeable like right when the movie started i'm like wow they got all got pretty eyes and i'm a man <laughs> saying this yeah i didn't notice that really no nah. i mean it was it was probably there i totally believe it but it was not something that stood out to so me. to you basically this was just a clearer more detailed version of any other format but yeah. nothing really stood out to you nothing surprised you nope all right i'm pretty much the same with the phantom the grain is super super minimalistic only very and tiny tiny bits only in a couple scenes like it yeah. was even hard to notice and actually you could only see it if you were looking for it correct good point that's a perfect point like and we are looking for it as reviewing yeah, this. Yeah, I mean, we disc. have to. We have to. But, like, if you're not paying attention to that, yes, you don't see anything at all. You would never notice it. Nope, this is, not a, ever. you know, a fairly recent movie, 12 years old. You know, this wasn't shot back in the 90s or something, but it is shot on film. But, yeah, you wouldn't notice this. If you're just going to watch the movie, I don't think you would notice it at all mm -hmm. either. One thing not to go back to the story again, it just popped in my mind. But... 
they both sleepwalk. I hated all them scenes too, oh, just to let you know. They, they were cringe worthy. Cringe worthy. It's just two guys throwing stuff all over and mumbling stupid things, and it was not funny in the least. No, it's like I don't know. Like, couldn't they find funny things for them to do while they were sleepwalking? Yeah, it was like, just them throwing. They stuff. were only trashing stuff and doing stupid things in the kitchen and throwing things around. That is not funny. Yeah, and then at Christmas time, they do the same thing with presents. But anyway, let's move on to the audio quality of this disc. This thing has an Atmos track. I, for the <laughs> life of me, don't understand why, because all the sound was coming from the front. Except the music. Except for the music. Surprisingly, which, yeah. this had a decent amount of surrounds for just a music track phantom and i'll say more than some other movies that i was expecting way better <laughs> yeah but i mean if there was not an actual song playing all the sound was coming from the front and it was completely non-noticeable there was little things here and there that was like popping from the rear right like when something was thrown or something but so small yeah like, this could have been just a typical Dolby Digital 5.1 yeah. Dolby surround track. It, it did not add nothing more. Yeah, nothing deserving movie. mention, But it was really. clear, bright. The music sounded great. The aria, that sounded really good. Yep. You know, it was nice and... Deep. Deep. Well, not deep. Nice and mellow, like, mm -hmm. yeah. like rich. It was full... Yeah, and at that time, John C. Riley was playing the drums, and it actually sounded really nice when he yeah, made that the, was the, the special only effects kick and everything. Of the bass, it had a lot uh -huh. of kick there because there was some fight scenes through walls, but it was the middle bass, nothing low and deep bass. It was mm -hmm. just you know cracking into a wall or breaking something, yeah, things like that. But yeah, useless. I'm with you, Phantom. All right, what special features? Now this is a three disc set. This one. Yeah, we have the 4K, the Blu-ray with the feature film, and a Blu-ray only for special features. Yes, and I might pop them in. I haven't had a chance yet. It depends on what's on it, and she's going to let us know. Yep, right now. Both theatrical and extended versions, deleted scenes, job interviews, gag reel, that we're watching. Definitely. We <laughs> love gag reels, no yes. matter what type of movie it is. Absolutely. Extended and alternate scenes, Linorama, Prestige Worldwide Full Presentation, Boats and Hose, Full Music Video, Therapy Sessions. That's their song, by the way, that they sing in this. Yeah. Dale versus Brennan, Sibling Rivalry, The Making of Step Brothers, Commentary with Will Ferrell, John C. Riley, Adam McKay, Special Guest NBA Star Baron Davis, and wow. Scored by John Brion. Cool. The music of Steg Brothers and more. That is awesome. And gag reels with comedians are usually the funniest. I oh, mean, absolutely. I like them all, but with comedians, it's really funny. Yes. Yeah, because they are people that tend to, especially if they ad lib stuff, things tend to go absolutely wild. Yes. Yeah, so that's probably over two hours of special features yeah, on this. So that a whole is. Blu-ray for that. That could possibly change your 4K rating, Phantom, with all those features in there. But let's get to it. What is your grade and worthiness factor? <laughs> I think this is a C-. minus. It's just a perfect average Blu-ray disc. Like, nothing special. Nothing pops enough. 
the sound is not good enough, but everything looks fine. It's just average. And I honestly don't think it's worthy of an upgrade. If you really want to watch this movie, just watch it on Blu-ray because the 4K does nothing for it, really. I'm a little different, Phantom. Not much. I <laughs> feel everything she says. She gave it a C minus. I'm giving it a C plus. It is clear. It is detailed. Now, the Blu-ray will be clear. It just won't be as detailed. Absolutely. And I think if you're a comedy fan and want some 4Ks, I think it's worthy. Yes, I understand the Atmos track isn't there. There's no popping effects at all in this. It's just a clear, vibrant picture throughout. It does look really good. There is some scenes there on the water, that one water scene I really enjoyed. I think it's just a step above average. And I am going to say again, this is the second disc, it's barely worthy. <laughs> yeah. It's got a lot of special features and it is clear. I mean, doesn't it feel hard to rate something as average or a little above yeah, or below? I mean, because would... it looked great. We're not criticizing it. Yeah, actually, like I would have given it a C or even a C plus. But really, I mean, I was expecting for something that had Atmos to have a little more something there. Yes. And it just didn't give it to me. But it is perfectly average. I mean, yeah. Yeah. And I'm thinking just one step above. And I mainly did that for the special features, too, because you usually don't get two plus hours. So they took their time in doing this with all the interviews and the making ofs and stuff. Mm -hmm. So that's very appreciated. So, yep, another barely worthy, but we're going to be an average between the Phantom and I, both as a round to see. So there you have the review and grading of Step Brothers. All right, Lady Phantom, I don't know if she picked this up, but your host, Bill Shetty, did some foreshadowing on this episode, and you will be finding out soon. And I just got to say before we sign off, we have the next two episodes, Powerhouse Guests coming on. Yes. So excited about that. Yes. The Phantom and I cannot wait to talk to... These guests we got coming on, they're superstars, they're heavyweights, and we're covering some big movies, I would say. Yep. So I can't wait for that. So sign us off, Phantom. Please, everyone, you know the drill. Go to BillShetty.com and sign that guest book. Leave us nice comments there. Uh, leave us a nice review on Apple Podcasts. And remember, you can find us pretty much everywhere. And remember, I am on Twitter at LadyPhantom74, and you can find us both on Letterboxd. We will be catching you in one week on Movies in 4K. See you then.